my friend, let's be honest. If you're anything like me, your life probably feels busy, crazy, and full. But even in the midst of the day-to-day, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, maybe you find yourself constantly longing for something deeper, something real. Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. In truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you're not sure what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, well, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. We are chatting with friends about their stories of finding something real. And this week, we are still focusing on ish, meaning the things that can get in the way of finding something real. And if you want to find out more about the current series and the topics we're covering, as always, you can visit my website, JanelleWood.com, to learn more about the purpose of this project and sign up for that free study guide that goes along with what we're doing here on the podcast. So today, friends, we have a treat. My friend is here to talk about her spiritual journey through doubt. She's an extremely talented wedding photographer out of Washington, D.C., and her super cute website describes herself as loving romance, pretty details, and an elegantly styled wedding day. She drinks caramel macchiatos, loves exploring the world, and is married to her best friend. Would you please join me in welcoming Megan Kelsey Glassbrenner? Hey, Hi. Megan. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being here. So, Megan, before we get into our conversation, how can people who might be interested in you or your photography find you? So, the best way is probably on Instagram. Uh, Instagram.com slash Megan Kelsey Photography and my website is Megan Kelsey Photography.com. Cool. Awesome. So we met about a year and a half ago when we were both leaders at a retreat for young women. I remember yes. right. But I couldn't mm-hmm. um I couldn't remember your name half the time because <laughs> you you introduced I you said Megan from DC, but then half the time I was thinking Drew from California because you made a joke about yep. that. <laughs> Yeah, because you look a lot like you look a lot like Drew Barrymore. (laughs) Sorry. No, no. That was like my first impression of you. Oh, she looks a lot like Drew Barrymore. Then like Drew from California. I'm like, it's not Drew. It's Megan. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. funny. Um, But I do also remember that you had this session where you led um, about studying the Bible. And I remember being struck by your study habits and your passion for scripture Um, And something that I heard a podcaster say, uh, Thomas Umstead Jr., he described passion once as a thing that we are willing to suffer for. Um, Mm. And I was just wondering, where does your passion for scripture come from? Wow, that's such a good question. I feel like the Lord has just created me as someone who is very um, (laughs) detail-oriented, but also very analytical and my love for Jesus, and I, I grew up knowing who Jesus was. I went to a Christian school, which I'm so thankful for, and that love kind of meets my love for study and 
analysis and digging deep and learning Greek words and Hebrew words. So it just kind of all messes together and I get to learn more about Jesus, but also dig in and use like all my favorite study skills to learn more about the Lord and see how things fit together. I really love understanding how all the puzzle pieces come together to make sense, if Mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Later on, you and I drove um, from the retreat to the airport. And I remember you sharing about some doubt um, and a season of doubt that you went through. And I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about your faith journey. And because I was surprised, you know, you are you're so solid. Um, And like you just said, you're really analytical. And and the way that you presented um, from scripture was so like, wow, you know, (laughs) uh, like she just knows her stuff. Um, But I'd, I'd love to hear more about that season for you and what that looked like. Yeah. So. Like I said, I grew up in a Christian home and also a Christian school. I was involved at church. Jesus was just a part of everything. And when I went to college, I still very much um, followed the Lord. I had a few moments of like going out and doing my own thing some days. But for (laughs) the most part, I believed in everything I'd grown up believing in. And I, looking back, I had never really actually doubted my faith, which is a a blessing. Um, But at the same time, it almost wasn't very deep Mm -hmm. looking back because I just took it at face value, which I think can be a beautiful thing. But also when, after I graduated college, so around 2015, um, about 10 months after I graduated college and about eight months out from when I was getting married, I had this season of not believing God was actually there. Mm. And I, it was, I, I tell people, the very few people I talk to about this, because it's still very private and I've never really shared it publicly, but I tell people I was an atheist, but not by choice mm. because I didn't want to believe that God wasn't there. I didn't want to believe that this was all there was and that it was just all science and big bang. And I, I really was, I really wrestled with it because, um, I, it's not what I wanted to believe, but based on several articles I've read, I'd read, I don't even know what really sparked this, um, season of doubt and wrestling with my faith, but whatever it was, it really got deep and it kind of hit a nerve that had never been struck before. Mm -hmm. And there were some questions that were asked and, some specific ways that things were said that these people who didn't believe in God were talking about that I had just never heard put that way. And it kind of shook me to my core and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I had this just like this eight month period of, have I been believing a lie my whole life? Mm -hmm. And the hardest part was not wanting to be stuck there. I wanted more than anything to believe that God was real mm. and that God loved me. But for the first time, it felt like a fairy tale that I I didn't deserve to believe in anymore almost. Mm. And I just remember driving around sobbing, crying out to God, literally crying like, Lord, if you're here, like just talk to me, do something mm. because I, I want to know you and I want to love you and I don't want to lose you. It's all, it was almost like somebody had died and I, it was this like 
I was grieving the loss of something that I didn't want to lose. And it was so, so interesting and awful. And I didn't tell anybody I was going through it other than like one close friend and, and obviously my fiance. And they were both so encouraging. And they kind of gave me my space and let me continue to wrestle through things while reassuring me that they knew more than anything that God was real. Mm. And looking back, I know beyond a doubt that the Lord walked me through that season and kind of let me feel alone for a little bit Mm. because he was making my faith into something stronger and more beautiful and more valued. When I finally did get my faith back, it was so much more special to me and I loved it so much more and I was like oh my goodness I I don't know how I survived the last eight months without this and it was now something that had been questioned and that had gone through the fire a little bit and now I I remember like two years after coming out of this coming across the same book or the same article that I'd read that sent me into this spiral and I was reading the same words and just going this person is so lost like I just saw it from a different place and it was no longer questions that scared me and that I didn't know what to do with and that sent me on this like rocky journey now it was like no I know how to respond to this and the other beautiful thing was I used to think when someone was an atheist I honestly thought that they were stupid like my initial Mm -hmm. response was what is wrong with you like you're so dumb like Mm -hmm you really think everything came out of nothing? Like that was my response. And now when someone's an atheist, I all I feel is compassion and wanting them to dig a little deeper. That's my um, initial reaction. Wow. My gut reaction now when I meet someone who's an atheist, it's not, wow, they're just dumb or they're just, and they're ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, t- I get it. I've been there and I totally get how you can believe this. And it's just a place of understanding versus being, I don't know, judgmental and dismissive. So, wow. Yeah. So, wow, I have a couple of questions. So, okay. Why? Um, I want to know, I'll ask both questions now so I don't forget. <laughs> um, okay. The first is, I just want to know, like, what coming out of that looked like if there was like a, an encounter that happened or, or how you knew that you were out of that season. And the second question is, um, how, how did you, why did you want Jesus back? Um, what was it like living without him? So I wanted Jesus back because he truly was my, my way of understanding the world. Uh, not just in, it's so hard to describe it. He was like my purpose at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I do remember having this thought when I was in that season of not believing and saying, okay, I, I can make it through this. I can find another purpose, but it was not at all comparable to the purpose that I had in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted him back because knowing that I could pray and have my heavenly father there, no matter what was going on and that he loved me and he was going to take care of me and protect me. And that, I was going to get to see loved ones I'd lost again in heaven. Like there are just so many things. The gospel really is the best news on earth. Mm-hmm. It it gives you so much hope yeah. and it makes life so beautiful in the midst of tragedy and 
so much darkness and it's not just a matter of believing because I want to because obviously some people could argue you're a Christian because you just want to believe the the fairy tale right Mm -hmm. Um, well after walking through this season I'm a Christian because I know that God is there like my my belief is not um, questioned anymore and yes I still have days of doubt but it's so much easier to think no this instance and this instance and this thing and that thing they all point to a creator Mm -hmm. and a father who loves us and everything we are in our moral system and the way we see beauty and color and art like these are things that come from a creative God and they aren't things that would even make sense to manifest on their own. There's just so many little things that I've loved learning about, but I I really wanted Jesus back because he really did give me my purpose in life. And there's just so much security there and love and humor. Like I, I just feel like God is my heavenly father, but also a friend and a friend that never leaves me. So I wanted more than anything to have him back. Yeah. And then the second question. Mm -hmm. So I had spent the years of 2014 to 2016 um, graduating college and deciding that I was going to pursue my own business. And I was getting married in mid-2016. So I'd been living at home up until the point that we got married. And after we got married, I had a little bit of this career crisis of thinking oh my gosh we have bills I have to make actual money (laughs) like I can no longer just float by on bringing home a thousand dollars a month like we really need more money and so I had this question questioning period and I'm still wrestling with my faith and I was looking at getting a full-time job in the city with full-on benefits um, retirement matching vacation days, all the things, and it would pay me more than what I was making from my photography business. And I decided before I made this leap that I would take a month to study the Bible and try to pray about it. Because like I said, even though I was in a season of really not believing that the Lord was there, I still wanted to seek him. So I did that for about a month. And it just so happened that the study, the, the literally the day that I began studying was on the book of Ruth, and it was a month-long study. And this is so beautiful. <laughs> like looking back, I forget about this story, but the book of Ruth is about how God's providence and his involvement in your life and his purpose for you will work out even if he is not talking to you face to face and giving you explicit directions. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the story of Ruth, God never speaks. There isn't major involvement on God's part, but Ruth is one of Jesus's ancestors Mm -hmm. and Boaz is the redeemer in the story. And it's a parallel story to Jesus Christ coming and being our redeemer. But reading this story, there were a ton of decisions that were made And you can see God's provision for Ruth and Naomi, but he's never like showing up in a burning bush, like doing anything big where you'd kind of expect, especially in the tragic situation that happened at the beginning of the book. 
So I'm going through this book and what's the tragic situation for those who aren't familiar with the book of Ruth? So it starts out with Naomi losing her, both her says her husband and her sons, right? Like she loses her two sons, I think, and her husband. And so she has her two daughters-in-law left with her and one daughter-in-law they're, they're walking her home. She's going back to her hometown and one daughter-in-law, she she tries to send both of them off. And one daughter-in-law stays and says, no, I'm going to go with you. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And so she doesn't go home, which would have been way more safe for her. Mm-hmm. And she goes into this foreign place. And we just see how God provides for Ruth and Naomi there through Boaz. It's such a beautiful story. But so as I'm going through this devotional that's kind of showing me in such a beautiful way that God is involved and he does provide even when we can't see him doing it all the time or we don't have this big message like booming message from heaven I had um, several weddings that were booked where it just felt like my connection with the clients where it was going to be something really special and one of my clients that I booked in this month long period of time ended up becoming two of our best friends I've visited them. They live in England now. I've I've visited them uh, once, and we're hoping to get out there again next year. But I could kind of tell that in my prayers for God to give me clients that would be fun to serve and I'd have a really special connection with, he answered that prayer in that month period of time, really for the first time in my business. And then on top of that, in this month-long period of time, I had a mentor that I hadn't talked to in a while. But she texted me, and what she said was something along the lines of, Satan wants you to believe right now that God isn't real, but he is, and he loves you, and he's going to provide for you. (laughs) It was the most surreal, out-of-left-field text message. Because you hadn't told anybody that you were going through this. Yeah, no, we had not talked about that, and... The specific words she used were just, it was too specific. It was, it, it couldn't have been a coincidence because what she said was very directly, it was very directed at um, me struggling with my faith. And we hadn't talked about that at all. Mm. And so this is all happening at the same time that I'm going through this devotional and I'm making this big decision about my job. And I got this amazing job offer at the end of this month-long period and I had to sit there and I was like okay if I go forward in my business it's in faith and trust that God is going to provide for us and or I can go this safe route and I didn't feel like God was directing me towards one or the other I felt like the Lord was saying I'm here and I'm going to provide for you regardless of either choice you make here because neither one is right or wrong but I took the leap of faith route And I went with trying to keep my business moving forward, even though it really wasn't making much money Mm. at all. And it ended up within a year turning into a six-figure business. And not to say that the Lord blesses us with money at all, but I took that leap of faith. And what's interesting is the following two months after deciding that I was turning down the job offer and not um, continuing to pursue my business, Those two months were the lowest grossing months I'd ever had in the history of my business. Mm. So the initial reaction or response to that decision, the evidence didn't line up with what 
you might expect if you move forward and, and think, <laughs> okay, God's going to provide. Because it was, I hardly made any money and I wasn't booking any weddings. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh. But I had this new faith that, no, I know God's going to provide and he's going to lead me to all the right things that are going to allow me to serve people. And I, in that season, I ended up launching my editing business, which ended up being a huge um, source of income for me and still is. So it was just, it's really cool to look back and see how all the pieces fit together But the biggest thing in that season was just being in God's word and seeing how these people that lived thousands of years ago, God served them and loved them in the same way that he serves and loves us and that they took leaps of faith and trusted God to provide even when all the evidence was stacked against them. Hmm. And when we have people in our lives that love us and love the Lord, God uses those people to speak to us. Um, And it's not you hearing his voice from heaven, but it's you hearing his spirit through them, if that makes sense. Wow. So you mentioned a couple of things. You you kept reading your Bible. You were mm-hmm. still pursuing a relationship with God, even though you didn't yeah. feel him and even though you weren't sure you still believed in him. What advice would you give to maybe someone listening to this right now who is in a season of extreme doubt or a dry area in their their spiritual walk I just want to say dig in (laughs) don't take things at face value whether that's what you've been taught at church or what your family's taught you or what somebody's taught you that led you to not have any faith or something you came across that made you doubt and you kind of just sat there because it rattled you so much or you were like, well, yep, I'm just going to stick with this. I just really want to challenge you to dig in. And it was hard for me the first few months. I really didn't do much of that at all. I sat in a place of, I can't believe I've been believing a lie and it was devastating. And you think, well, it'd be nice to believe all of that, but I'm really going to stay in reality. And you just kind of sit there and you can sit in that place your whole life or you can dig in and ask some of the hard questions like, why are our cells so complex? What makes photosynthesis actually happen? What does the speed of light have to do with time? Like there are just so many sophisticated rules about our physical universe that if you start to learn about them, regardless of what you believe, you will be fascinated at just how intricately woven the universe we live in is and as somebody who's very detail oriented and analytically minded and very logical um that has really been a huge part of getting to know the lord and just how evident his hand is in creation because i've really dug into some of these things of like quantum physics and it doesn't even have to be complicated just look up light speed fun facts or um, DNA structure and see how that sits with you thinking about how that could have developed all by itself or does it make more sense that somebody intelligently crafted this together into our physical universe Mm. I love that Matt Chandler um, the pastor out of Texas you know 
he wrote a book. Um, I mean, there's lots of pastors out of Texas, but hmm. he, he has a big following on. Anyway, look up Matt Chandler if you're not familiar with him. <laughs> but um, he wrote a book called The Explicit Gospel. And one of the things he said in there, and again, I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> but he says something along the lines of if um, as a believer, if you have doubts about, you know, you hear about science and you hear about all these different things you don't ever need to be afraid of new developments in science or new developments in, um, you know, what we're learning here on earth, because it all points back to the truth of the creator. And you can't, as you push into that, whether it's scripture or science, you know, the deeper you get, I was reading an article by, um, the guy who wrote Bonhoeffer, Eric Metaxas, And he was saying, I I think it was a Time article where it said, um, science increasingly supports the existence of God. And it was amazing because it was saying, like, the chances of this all just happening by accident, scientists know, the people that really know all these things know that the chances of it all aligning is like, I mean, it was some astronomically huge number of, like, imagine throwing a quarter over and over and getting heads, like... 25 billion times. I mean, it's something crazy like that. And if you talk to someone who is knowledgeable of those things, a lot of times that is a real struggle going, okay, um, where did all this come from? Because like you said, it's so, and you're a detail oriented person and you also are interested in science, which I'm not, but I try to be, um, but you, by looking into those things, you just go, wow, Mm -hmm. this is incredible. And, um, also, like your journey, Megan, kind of reminds me of um, Jeremiah, I think it's twenty nine thirteen, where God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And mm-hmm. it feels like that's um, a promise. It doesn't feel, it is a promise that you see over and over again in the Bible that God, he's never far from those who are se- searching for him. But in your situation, it almost sounds like the hunger and thirst that you have for God's word now and the hunger and thirst you have for knowledge now in some ways came as a direct result of that time of doubt, that season of drought. Am I right? Is that, do you think that that's true in your life or were you always hungry? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't nearly as interested in all these little like intricacies of our universe before this season. No, not at all. And I've, I've learned so much and from that season because I've wanted to dig deeper mm-hmm. and my faith is so much stronger because of that for sure. I love it. So a couple final questions. Um, one, one thing you mentioned earlier was you said that you've never really shared this th- that much publicly. And I'm just wondering why you decided to share today. Um, I'm just curious. Well, I, really love you. And when you asked me, it was, I was really honored and I did not hesitate to jump in and share because I know your podcast is going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. And also the season that I'm in now, I have, especially just in the past three months, there have been so many instances where I can just so clearly see the Lord working for our good. When we didn't see him doing it at the time, but we look back and we're like, oh my word, if, if we had not prayed about that and just happened to say, you know, God isn't giving us a peace about this, let's not do it. If we hadn't 
done that, our lives would look so different right now. And it, it works the opposite way too. God gave us peace about certain things that we were like, we have no idea why he's saying that it's okay to do this now, but we're going to do it. And it's just brought us so much joy and fulfillment. So it just goes both ways. Just this past summer was full of God's goodness and grace in our lives and so much involvement on his behalf. So we, yeah, it, this season is very appropriate to talk about this because I see more than ever um, just how involved he is and how much he loves us. And it's so reassuring and special and gives me so much peace. So mm. I just want that for other people. I love that. Um, I'm going to ask you one final question um, and it's kind of loaded. So, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't, I try not to tell people the question beforehand because I just want your gut instinct answer. Um, okay. The finding something real podcast is about a journey towards redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. And of those four gifts we can find in a relationship with Jesus Christ, redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love, which of those stand out to you the most in your life right now and why? Eternity. Hmm. Absolutely. I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of heaven and what life is going to be like um, when creation is restored um, to how it was in the Garden of Eden. There's a book called Heaven by Randy Alcorn that is so incredible, and I highly recommend it to anyone, even if you're not a Christian, just because it's super fascinating what how the Bible describes eternity. And the, it's just something that shapes everything I do. And when I have moments of anxiety or fear, I just get to think, in 75 years... <laughs> I'm hopefully maybe sooner. I don't know what God has planned, but in 75 years, this thing that is scaring the hell out of me isn't going to matter because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with people that I love and that love the Lord and creation is going to be restored and all of life will be brought to this place of ultimate glorification of the Lord, but also our glories too in heaven. There's so much that's promised for us and yeah, it's not even a question. Eternity is like the big one that sticks out to me for sure. Wow. Megan, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing your personal story and just being vulnerable and real. I really, really value you and I appreciate it so much. And you're welcome. I feel like it's going to be a major blessing to wh- whoever's listening. So I hope so. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening today. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, hit subscribe and come back next week when we talk with another guest about their story towards finding something real. Per usual, you can also follow along on Instagram at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood or using the hashtag Finding Something Real. Every Thursday around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I try to jump on there and host an Instagram live where we recap the week's episode, talk with friends and answer any questions that might come up. So feel free to join me on there. And of course, you can also sign up for the free study guide that goes along with this current series by heading over to my website at www.janellewood.com. Remember friends, you are loved and have a purpose. Until next time.